Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, a senior editor at Light Reading. And I'm Andrew Scaffold, president and CEO of Edgewater Wireless. All right. Hey, Andrew, good to uh, have you on today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Sure thing. So today, I think we are going to talk about Wi-Fi quite a bit <laughs> and, and kind of the future direction of that technology, including uh, Wi-Fi 7 and, and how Edgewater Wireless intends to uh, play a pretty big role, you know, in that uh, future. So uh, good to have you have you with us to do that. Um, so what I thought we could do to start off, uh, Andrew, is uh, just to get everybody up to speed, uh, maybe offer a little bit of an overview, an update or review of Edgewater and kind of its focus on uh, so-called spectrum slicing and how that that technique can be used to improve performance. Yeah, it, um, at Edgewater Wireless, we make Wi-Fi better. Now, um, at, a, at a recent uh, Wireless Broadband Alliance Congress, uh, we heard that 90% of mobile traffic is over Wi-Fi. It's really a staggering number, um, but it's not surprising um, now that we've reached about 20 billion Wi-Fi devices shipped worldwide. Now, contention and, uh, and interference are starting to emerge everywhere. And at Edgewater Wireless, what we've done is taken a really innovative approach to addressing um, contention and interference or dealing with traffic congestion. And we've uh, developed and patented something called uh, spectrum slicing. And that's the ability to take the existing Wi-Fi spectrum or spectrum and um, divide it up to add more physical channels uh, than has previously been possible. Right. And we've talked about previously about that, right? Um, about that idea. And, you know, how, how is it different and, and how is it similar to uh, kind of network slicing? You know, the idea that we've that that's being used in uh, 5G and, and how does, you know, spectrum slicing improve performance in general? So, it, you know, with, with 5G network slicing, um, it's, it's really, you know, talking about uh, taking apart the, um, the various elements of the, uh, of, of the cellular network and allowing you to, to physically slice things up. Mm -hmm. Now, what we've done with um, spectrum slicing is we've actually continued that ability to slice things or divide things onto the physical uh, airwaves. So we can take, let's say, the 2.4, 5, or 6 gigahertz spectrum and rather than being able to run a single channel over a radio, we can run multiple concurrent radios. So it's a really uh, innovative approach evolving what's, what's been happening in Wi-Fi. You know, Wi-Fi eventually uh, will go the direction of other technologies like um, uh, you know, the, the telephony lines from POTS to, to DSL or uh, even cable going, uh, going from, from single to multi-channel capabilities. So we're, we've really found ourselves on the forefront of where, um, uh, where Wi-Fi is evolving. Right. But what kind of what kind of uh, performance improvement does that give you, you know, when you use this technique versus uh, kind of a traditional uh, approach where you're not using 
this spectrum slicing technique. Well, it, you know, I actually, uh, Jeff, that really gets to the 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 root of uh, of the benefits of spectrum slicing. Um, now, in a large scale proof of concept with a, a major tier one service provider, where we looked at six million devices in three quarters of a million homes, uh, we found that spectrum slicing could deliver anywhere from seven to 18 times performance gains. And that's simply by taking the de existing devices and spreading them out over more physical channels. And the result is it reduces the contention for those channels and allows your devices to perform better. And you know, further further on that, you know, looking at this uh, this this enormous sample size in the in the home, um, we found that the majority of devices um, connect at either a twenty or a forty meg wide channel. You know, in fact, all two point four gig devices use a twenty megahertz wide channel, and you know a lot of five gigahertz devices do that. And that's simply because of all the the interference and attenuation and challenges um, faced in the spectrum. so the the industry really needs to get more efficient on dealing with um, uh, with, with these issues in order to deliver the performance people really demand. I see. Well, and what is kind of the focus of your business then uh, to kind of get this deployed, right? I, I, th I think in the past we've talked about uh, technology licensing, but you've also, I think you had some hardware products in the market, like kind of a very souped up access point <laughs> that, that uh, used uh, spectrum slicing. But, um, you know, maybe just give us a, an idea of how your uh, you know, in the market right now and, and how you're working with device makers, cable operators, et cetera. You know, definitely uh, souped up access points. You know, that that's, um, uh, you know, that's a great way to um, uh, highlight um, some of our, our access point products where we take our, our high performance silicon um, and, you know, create an access point that offers the highest channel density in the industry. Yeah, we're doing anywhere from, you know, three, four, six channels from a from a single access point. So more physical channels um, deliver better performance to all devices. Now our access points are predominantly focused on the enterprise side. Now okay. the, the core of what we do is is really um, around silicon, you know, silicon solutions. And we've been working hand in hand with uh, the cable industry and some select major uh, uh, service providers, um, really trying to understand what's happening in the home in that residential market and, and really developing a better, stronger product for, for the home. And that's been the focus of our, our silicon solutions business. And then finally underpinning everything, you know, we have a rich patent portfolio, um, which allows us to, uh, to, to enter into, you know, IP licensing and technology, technology transfer, um, as well. So those are really the three key areas of our, our business. Now, yeah. And what's kind of the biggest one right now? Um, is it the uh, the enterprise side or is it the licensing end? Realizing that, uh, you know, the residential side is the one that, uh, you know, is kind of in process, I guess. 
that's a, you know that's a, a good good way to look at it. You know, we really started out in the in the enterprise space, focusing on on high density applications. You know, and those those applications first arose in you know venues and, and stadium where there's so many devices that you you need more and more channels. Now, working with the cable industry and our, our, our uh, you know, as part of the Cable Labs family, we started to understand that those dynamics that we saw in the large enterprise stadium and venue, you know, applications take place in the home. Now, in order for us to, to, uh, to target the home, um, we really needed to understand what the market looked like you know, in terms of, you know, what's actually happening in the home. And there's been some real, um, uh, you know, strides made in, um, in, you know, collecting data and understanding what's going on in the RF environment on a, on a large scale in, in homes. And that information really helped feed us and drive us into that home market. And we've been working to cost optimize our silicon solutions specifically for those devices in the home, whether that be a gateway or uh, or router or even a you know, mesh node within the home. And that's been been probably the biggest focus over the last couple of years for us is is working there, valid understanding the market and then validating the technology. Now we understood the market through the proof of concept that said, you know, 80, 90% of homes can benefit from spectrum slicing. Now, of course, that got the attention of the major tier one service provider that who then took us through a rigorous pilot of our, our beta silicon solution. Um, and they took us into a you know third-party lab, replicated what um, uh, what they see in their network in the homes, which is a wide variety of devices, all different distances from uh, you know from the access point, and you know we Im impressively we were we were able to mirror the results of the proof of concept in the pilot. Not only that, but the 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 service provider said to us, hey, do you, do you understand that you're, you're actually improving latency by 50% with spectrum slicing? Which is, you know, obviously- you, That's you, a big you, thing. Yeah, because that kind of goes beyond just the raw data speeds that the, the cable operators are talking about these days. Um, it feels like uh, uh, yeah, latency is becoming a much more important uh, performance metric, you know, with, with gaming and, and, and some other- applications that that requires you know we'd look at Doxus 4.0 even and uh, you know low, lower latency is part of that so uh yeah it seems to kind of fit in with the kind of the broader narrative you know in terms of where the the cable operators want to take things yeah and that you know and uh, that that's really for for us was one of the the biggest key learnings coming out of the pilot is is mm -hmm. simply by by reducing the the contention or the number of devices fighting for access to a channel and and sharing that channel among devices um, simply by reducing that your latency improves dramatically now in this um, uh, you know in this uh, pilot we were did a very very simple implementation of spectrum slicing and just said you know take the clients divide them by the number of channels Right, which happened to be you know, be six, right? So 
so that latency improvement was a pretty pretty impressive number for us, and and really one of the things that we're the most excited about um, for our our new uh, silicon platform. Yeah. So what what are then kind of the next? You know, you're talking about pilots and so forth. What what are kind of the next uh, steps? You know, in the process and uh, with respect to the the home the in home use case, right? I mean, are you are you actually going to make uh, be integrated into is your intention you know to be integrated into uh gateways you know for like docs gateways to integrate wi-fi and so forth or uh, are you going to make your own discrete you know devices that uh that use this technology you know we we very much uh believe our our core competency is you know uh you know signal processing and 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 the core of spectrum slicing um which is which is in the silicon and um so we see, see ourselves being a silicon provider for um uh, for use in these these residential gateways okay. um and uh, rather than making the complete device ourselves. And so, you know, we've been working um, very closely with a, a major tier one operator, working uh, with them to become part of their um, next, uh, you know, RFI and RFP for a residential gateway. And yeah, and that and, and that's a real you know trigger point for us in terms of um, uh, you know silicon volumes and 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 production and things, and we're we're quite excited about the the progress we're making there. Okay, and one thing you know you had mentioned uh, cable labs earlier, right, in the conversation, and and uh, you know uh, just as a reminder, you know maybe not everybody knows this, but I mean you. Edgewater was tied into like an incubator program that Cable Labs uh, used to run. But um, on a going forward basis, though, what, what's been your relationship with with Cable Labs or what, what's kind of the current relationship with them right now? Yeah, um, we we were part of uh, an accelerator program put on by by Cable Labs uh, during their in, in their first cohort. Yep. Um, and and through that accelerator, uh, we developed some some you know great relationships with the industry, um, and uh, we've really allowed us to work closely with uh, with Cable Labs on um, you know th- innovations like uh, like dual channel Wi Fi, right? Which was uh, a um, a standard uh, co-innovated with with cable labs that that allowed for more than one channel to terminate on a device, right? Really, again, you know, trying to drive a lower latency Wi-Fi experience. So we still work closely with cable labs, and um, you know, ca- um, uh, uh, we're considered to be you know part of the cable labs family. Okay, family meaning your. Uh... Because I, I remember through the that accelerator program, there was kind of a uh, like an ownership piece or something. So, do they uh, own a piece of your company, or what's the you know kind of the the uh, governance structure? <laughs> what's their involvement there? Um, we're it's a friend it's a friendly relationship. So they're not uh, okay. they're, they're not actually an, an owner of Edgewater, but um, okay. they're a, a strong supporter. Okay, great. They, they and then, allow us to have a seat at the um, you know at the Thanksgiving table still. Oh, that's nice. Well, then then you guys had a good meal last month. That's good. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Um, 
Now, in the past, you know, we did talk to you, uh, just kind of looking back at, you know, conversations we had a while ago. And, you know, the, we talked about the, uh, you talked about the ability to create the individual channels in the 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz bands. Um, you know, since then, um, you know, we've got Wi-Fi 6 had come out and Wi-Fi 6E. So are you, um, before we talk about Wi-Fi 7, I, I wanted to kind of get your update on Wi-Fi 6E. Um, you know, if you're applying this technology to that standard, I guess, at this point. You know, we, we've been following the, the, the industry developments, you know, really closely. And it's, uh, you know, the, this past year has been, um, been an exciting and remarkable year for Wi-Fi. You know, from uh, uh, the opening up of the the new six gigahertz band for um, uh, for unlicensed use, um, you know, it's really the first new spectrum, and I, I'm going to get this wrong, but you know, 20 years or as long as I can remember for uh, for Wi-Fi, um, and and it's a strong indicator of of the strength and the continued momentum, um, you know, behind the behind the industry. And, you know, so we've been following that very closely um, and where we're the most excited about is actually about uh, the, the, the rapid launch of, uh, of, of Wi-Fi 7. Um, you know, that for, for us has, um, uh, you know, has, has been where we focused our, our efforts is, is to um, um, really skip over 6E and go straight to 7. Yeah, well, let's talk about Wi-Fi Seven then. Um, what are your plans around that? And uh, you know, it's a yet a new standard. So, what do you view as kind of the big headlining capabilities that are going to come with that? Whether it's you know more capacity, uh, enhanced latency, you know, what what other attributes are going to kind of take things uh, forward versus? Uh, 6e or even six you know it's it's interesting like the the each evolution of wi-fi from uh, you know wi-fi four five and six the 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 standard process has been to double the channel width right from 20 to 40 40 to 80 to 160 and now you know 320 uh, uh, megahertz wide now wi-fi 7 that's that's one of the key features is that you know wider channel and with that comes an increased um, uh, qualm rate but you know a lot of that is is geared towards the six gigahertz spectrum Right, especially when you start start seeing all the data coming out of the two point four and the five gig spectrum, um, so those wider channels don't really benefit that as much in in the the two point four and five. The real marquee feature of of Wi Fi seven is uh, something called MLO or multi link operation, and that's uh, um, you know connecting more than one link or or channel. Um, between devices, and and that is is what we believe is one of the most significant developments in in Wi-Fi history. You know, more links equals equals better performance. So, and, if I'm a cable operator, though, what uh, yeah, better performance sounds great, but if I'm the cable operator, uh, why is that important to me? Or you know, what what specific like use cases are going to 
help me, you know, whether it's with uh, in-home uh, access or your enterprise or, you know, this network of Metro Wi-Fi as a possibility. Yeah, I, I think you know, in uh, looking looking more um, uh, more at the home, um, you know, MLO is is something like uh, sim- similar to dual channel Wi-Fi, right? It's it's really you know dual channel Wi-Fi being being pulled into the standard, and and that application was really ideally suited for things like um, uh, you know high definition video. Um, you know, from the gateway in, in one part of your house to the to the the, the TV and your you know master bedroom or or where wherever, where latency is really important, and having that diversity of of links or channels allows for better performance. Now, um, uh, what what we like about MLO, um, particularly you know with, uh, with with our our new generation of of, of products is. We support both a cross-band MLO, you know, like the using the the six and the five, or the you know five and the two point four gigahertz bands, um, but we also support in-band MLO, right? Which which again allows the the service provider to take advantage of more um, uh, channel density to either support more devices or or perhaps more more links to uh, a high definition television for example and so you know that really um, can benefit the operator particularly when you put you know spectrum slicing on on a gateway right where uh, um, supporting more devices is uh, is is key right that's key to lowering their their total cost of ownership and and customer care costs okay well one other area that we kind of focus on i know we've talked about wi-fi for for this entire discussion but uh cable operators in particular are also starting to use cbrs uh spectrum to hit high usage high density areas uh, maybe, and even some using for fixed wireless, right? Um, broadband. And, uh, I was just curious if, you know, Edgewater has any focus on CBRS at this point where you could apply, uh, spectrum slicing into CBRS or is, you know, Wi-Fi really going to be the focus, you know, from, you know, for the foreseeable future. You that's a, a, a an interesting interesting question. You know, Wi-Fi is very much our 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 focus in the near term, but our um, uh, you know our spectrum slicing approach is equally applicable to um, uh, to you know the CBRS band as well. Um, you know some of some of the ways that we've uh, you know designed our products. Um, you know, allow us to to use you know interchangeable RF front ends, yet yet maintain the similar baseband architecture. Um, so adding supportive you know 3.5 gigahertz to you know 3.7 gigahertz is is not outside the the, the wheelhouse of what could be done. Again, you know it would it would take a um, a strong business case for us to uh, enter into the market, but it's a it's an exciting space where, you know, our technology and our our IP are also applicable. Yeah, so it sounds like 
hey, it's a, it's a possibility, but uh, it doesn't sound like it's formally on the roadmap right now. That's that's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Good. Well, I know we covered a lot of ground here um, about the company and and uh, you know kind of what's new and exciting on the Wi-Fi uh, horizon. But um, you know, just from the the company itself. You know, we're getting toward the end of uh, 2022, so heading into next year, what what what's the uh, the top priorities for you? You know, our 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 focus is really um, uh, on that residential uh, Wi-Fi uh, silicon space. So our our new um, Wi-Fi seven uh, spectrum slicing platform. Um, will be uh, coming online next year. And that's really, uh, you know, we're really doing that hand in hand, uh, working with a, a major tier one service provider. And that's, that's our, our key focus. Now, um, that also yields benefits to the, the you know, wider industry as a whole as well. Okay. Well, great. Well, I think that's where we're going to leave it for today, Andrew. So I really appreciate you joining the podcast and, and getting everybody caught up on all things Wi-Fi. Excellent. Well, thanks very much for having me, Jeff. Sure thing. 